I want to talk about Susan for a second. You yeah. know what I love about our listeners? Really, this is really the reason I, I'm thinking about doing the show for free. <laughs> it, it really has that kind of entertainment <laughs> only for 15 minutes a night, and then I went triple pay. <laughs> It, it brings me such great great entertainment when people hypothesize what about what is going on yeah. with their body. And the good part yeah. is, is once they latch on to yeah. a notion an, yeah. or an idea, they are like a pit bull on a gym sock. Yeah. And that's it. And you can have uh, PhDs sit them down and describe to them how it is physically and mathematically impossible for the, for the scenario that they're describing to go on within their body. And they go, yes, but. Yes, but. Mm, yes, but. I swell up and I pour semen out two days later. Semen is not exponential, is it? No. Otherwise, my testicles would be huge. <laughs> it doesn't reproduce unless it's attached to the egg. All the doctors have said that same thing. Okay, that's and all of the doctors. Now you have a Here's rock another band, one. another doctor, and a, a guy who went to North Hollywood High who are all concurring. <laughs> so why do you still cling to this, Susan? Because I know there's something squirting out of me. It, it, Susan, you ever heard of a discharge from an infection? I went to a GYN, and she said I had a urinary tract infection, and right. she gave me antibiotics, but it was the only time I ever had one. Susan? It's still happening. It's I, still happening they, when I was on antibiotics. I know, but they, it takes a lot of antibiotics to wipe out some of these pelvic infections, and I think you ought to go back and talk to them about that possibility. The antibiotics that would cover a urinary tract infection would not cover a pelvic infection. All right, okay. Susan. And it might be even things like ovarian cysts and stuff can do this sort of thing too. So, Susan, did you go to junior college? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to check. I went to Pierce. <laughs> I know a product of junior college when I hear it. Hey, I was. I went to Pierce College without going to high school. She was valedictorian that's, too. That's believe right, you me. That's right. You went to Pierce, Jay? I did. Oh, <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> he took. He took golf. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> they got a hell of a cross-country track over there, they I'll do. tell you that. And the amazing thing is he had to take the uh, equivalency exam in order to take golf. <laughs> <laughs> GED for golf. Yeah, I got it. What is that, how does that work? Like, does your golf. professor pull you aside and golf tell you, placement. you know, your, your chipping is very strong, Jay, but I'd like you to work on your short game, your the, putting, things like, like that. You get like an AUU, right? Like for unsportsmanlike conduct not on the course. Jay didn't replace a divot, and for that reason, I gave him a you. You still wearing spikes? Yes, I am. You're out of here. Spikes in the clubhouse. Rodney. Hey. Hey, you're 16. How's it going? Yeah. Uh, Bad religion. Oh, man. You guys are one of my favorite bands. I love you guys. Thank you. Good. Hey, um, I know. I, I, like, I have male substance. I think it's a great record. I noticed some differences between that one and some of the older ones. Like, what do you guys think? You know, how you guys changing like evolving musically from some of the older albums to up to now you know well this is a question we get a lot and uh, anytime uh, you look at any kind of uh, institution that's been around for 20 years uh, if it doesn't change uh, you're probably in trouble because yeah, yeah that means they're trying to do something and it's just not clicking yeah i know, I know but, what you but mean. we've been lucky enough to have a pretty consistent um following and uh, every year like yourself uh, you know young people come to recognize bad religion yeah, and uh, it's probably because of that evolution that you're talking about that it still keeps us uh, attractive to people and yeah yeah if, hey, you, if you do anything Thing for too long and it doesn't evolve it gets pretty boring yeah i know i just like that the whole new album it's like i just blows me away how great it is you know i just, i just want to say you know you guys 
guys are great. You got a song you want to hear off it, Rodney? Uh, can you play the Voracious March of Godliness? Because that's like one of the best songs I really like. What'd you say? The biggest killer in America, <laughs> American history? Yeah, that one's great, too. Oh, yeah? <laughs> You're damn right it's great. <laughs> hey, Mike. All right, put thanks the, a lot. Put the phone down. All right. Okay, not you. Not oh. you, Rodney. You put the phone down, too. <laughs> All right. Hey, Mike, you want to hear some uh, bad religion? Uh, we're going to hear the biggest killer in American history. You got it? All right. Is it cute? Oh, what number? Four, uh, I think. Would you, Mike, put the phone down, <laughs> would you? <laughs> oh, it's right here. Nice Drew? Number four. Oh. Number four? There you go. And as Drew would say, or said during the commercial or during the song break, still rocking hard after 20 years. He was slamming. I saw him. Yeah. yeah. You guys never hurt. saw that. You should see it. Doing the mosh. 20 years and still rocking. That must be cool, actually. The uh, the last caller, Rodney, who's uh, really into bad religion, is 16, which means he was born four years after the band formed, essentially, or maybe yeah. three years or so, depending on uh, who's doing the math. But... It must be nice to have guys like uh, born in born into it. It's uh, <laughs> believe me, it's the lifeblood of bad religion. I mean, if we if young people don't uh, find what you do attractive, then um, you you have no future. Well, you guys are a lot like the tobacco industry, which is you got to keep signing <laughs> so them up. Much, we're a lot like them. We get them young. <laughs> Sean, we're offering rebates. <laughs> Sean, you're 16. Yeah, we're really sorry. <laughs> What's going on? Sean. Oh. Hello. Sean. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, okay. It is cool. Thanks a lot. Sean. Man. What's going on, Sean? Hey, Sean. I think you're on Orange Sunshine. Listen to some Mom and Brothers. Oh, yeah. What's going on, pal? All right, um, I was wondering why, um, uh, girls always like, like, the, the muscle-head guys and stuff, you know, what does that mean to you? Not all girls like the muscle head guys. In fact, they tend not to, really. Like, they must be only where I live, but it seems like, like, uh, you know, like they, they only like the, the dudes that, that are, like, strong and, and they don't, I mean, it was talking about, the, well, I think it must be my own opinion or something, it, or it seems to me that they're always saying that they like a nice guy who's going to be in like a relationship and then go back to the same pretty boy big muscle guy and stuff like well, that. Well, you're going to have to like uh, give me electricity to start my heart up again. Yeah. <laughs> Let's give Drew the paddle. Yeah. Hey, uh... Ow! Sean. <laughs> Sean? Look into some creatine. It's all good for you. They, uh... They don't like muscle guys. They really don't. They like scrawny guys who can form sentences. What? There you That's go. what we've been working on for 20 years. Is uh, <laughs> how can you talk to Sean? I'm not sure. It's like the Armed Forces Network. I imagine you're out at sea. <laughs> what? Yeah, you hate to have this guy in the radio room while the ship was going down. Uh, May. What? Uh, uh, day. Uh, oops. Wait a minute. We're in the water. <laughs> All right, let's see. Hey, Sean. Yeah. There you go. Now you're perking up, right? Yeah. Okay. You're not having any luck with the ladies. Yep. Mm -hmm. But it, it's here's the thing. Don't focus on what other guys got, and don't hypothesize about why they like what other guys got. Just sort of focus on what you have and see if you can make it work for you. Uh, it seems like what I have drives them away. What is that that you have? I don't know. That's the problem. Mm. Sean. Yeah. 
Chicks dig me because I rarely wear underwear, and when I do, it's something pretty special. But um, when I was a, when I was in high school, nobody liked me. I mean, and I, w I had a pretty cool band too, you know. I can and, vouch for that. Yeah, girls didn't like me either, and uh, it it wasn't because uh, I didn't fit some stereotype. It was simply because I didn't feel that good about myself. Right. And as I started to get a little more uh, secure, women have have a, have a barometer, an internal gauge of male self worth. Yeah, uh, it, they really do, and the ones that are suffering the most get to suffer more right and the ones that are on top of the world beating their chest and couldn't feel better about themselves uh are, get to feel a little better about themselves because they're going to get some oral sex yeah. in about 10 minutes it spoils but also this is something really important to remember a friend of mine named jennifer came up with this and it really sticks too winner in high school loser in life Yes. And I was the opposite. Loser in high school, and, well, we still have yet to see what I am in life. But no, no, <laughs> you're a winner, Greg. Uh, I'll go with winner. winner. Yeah, I'll go with winner. And I just think that it's really easy to get obsessed with high school society when you're in it, but um, there's a lot of life to live after it, and, um, you know, it's a time when everyone is trying to find out who they are. Is he, is he in high school? Uh, he's 16, yeah, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing. Unless... My theory is he probably skipped a few grades in his first year of college, just from just from speaking to him. I assume he was uh, moved moved ahead of the other kids. Of course. Uh, so anyway, yes, I I, I, I don't know what to say to all you people in high school that aren't getting laid, who feel like outsiders, who uh, feel like the world's against you. But you will have your day if you don't just. Um, commit suicide when you're 19. It, it helps to form a band, though, I must, oh, yes. I must say. That, you know, there's, th that's the e-ticket. I'm still, I'm still thinking about doing that. Liz. Hello, guys. How are you? Good. You're 22. 22. Yes. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been married. It'll be a year February 11th, and two weeks after I got married, the guy I married lost his job. About six months after that, I caught, caught him on the computer looking at gay porn. And it's been uh, almost a full year since we got married. He still hasn't found a job. He sits around depressed all the time. And I'm kind of starting to feel like maybe he's homosexual. I don't know. You're angry, aren't you? Well, I'm a little upset. Well, I don't think because he doesn't have a job he's a homosexual. I don't think those two things equate. No. And it's really hard to get off of a computer screen when you're on it and you don't want anybody to catch you looking at something that you didn't really mean to get on anyway, but it just popped up and someone catches you and you have to find that little tiny triangle to make it go away. <laughs> but it, it doesn't go away fast enough. That's, but yeah. that's not how the situation... He went in, it was America Online, and he went in and changed his screen name and then went into gay sites after that with the new screen name. Uh -huh. What but did he change his screen name to? I think that can probably tell us something. I'm not sure what he changed his Thor? name not Duke. <laughs> no. Bruce. Uh, maybe, let's be fair to this guy, maybe he's hmm. looking for work in gay porn, and he possibly was just doing some research. It may as well. Let's not, let's not judge so quickly, well, okay, right. Liz. That's right. That's well, right. did you ever actually ask him if he likes men? Not directly, no. Okay. First thing you got to do, I think, in, to make a healthy marriage is to ask the hard questions. And if you don't uh, ask him if he likes men, you're going to just get upset because um, there are these indications that he might like men. But it'll also give him an opportunity to tell you how he really feels. And as for him being uh, out of work and uh, not getting a job, I think you have a legitimate right to be angry. But um, you but I shouldn't be worried about this whole gay porn thing. It's 
Well, I think, mm. like Jay said, for heterosexual guys to look at gay porn. I never go to the gay porn sites. No, take a poll. Not even by accident. No. If I do, I quickly change. Take the a poll wouldn't be a bad name for a gay porn site, though, Drew. <laughs> if you really think about it. <laughs> no. 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 Hetero. Here's here's my take. Although I, I'm not sure on these numbers, but heterosexual guys really should be dis disgusted by gay porn. As a matter of fact, I think gays should be disgusted by gay porn as well. But that's coming from a heterosexual guy. But there is uh, like a four to six percent of the population that is heterosexual and will still watch whatever for just a sort of morbid curiosity. And is he doing drugs or anything? Uh, he does smoke weed every day on a very regular basis. Well, can you get him? What does he do? What's Nemo, he trained in? Yeah. What? What was your? Does he have any uh, vocation? No, he just casino work. The most common presentation I have to deal with with marijuana dependency is inability to losing one's job and inability to establish a new employee and depression. So really, he needs to look into what's going on here because until the marijuana stops, none of this is going to get any better. And when he stops the marijuana, there is an extraordinary incidence of suicidal thinking. Uh -huh. People have stopped smoking pot from a daily basis for about six months, and uh, he needs to be observed if that happens. Okay. So it's a pretty serious issue, and so it, that, that, that's sort of the core problem. Right, can you get him back to the to the casino? So can he get a job back in the review or whatever he was working in? <laughs> what was he doing in the casino? He was working in a vault. In the vault. Counting money. And what happened? He farted. <laughs> They'll fire your ass, and I say you fart in a vault. I've heard that. There's a big sign in those vaults. <laughs> I don't know if there's been in those casino vaults. No farting. You can't crack a window. You can't leave the door open. Reminds me of the studio. You, you can't light a match. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, here we are. No, no, that. Well, was... but he's got so he's got accounting skills in some way, shape, or form. Right. All right. Well, so. tell him to get back with it, Liz. Okay. You got you got to get him started. Yeah. Here's the thing about here's the thing about um, depression. Your brain is like a muscle. It starts to atrophy, and when you can't use it, and you don't use it, and you start smoking a lot of weed, and you start sliding into this, uh, this this sort of molasses, you get deeper and deeper, and you won't get out. I was saying to Drew the other night, I thought it was a, uh, a, uh, a brilliant analogy. Drew just thought it was so-so. But I said, listen, if you don't exercise, you never do any exercise, and you haven't done any exercise, and you sit around and watch TV and eat hoagies all day, if I told you to run a brisk lap around your block, that'd be a pretty monumental task for a lot of people. I mean, they really wouldn't want to do it, and they'd probably tell you they could do it once a month. To someone who works out every day, it'd be no be nothing. They do 15 every day. And I think work becomes that way, too. When you don't work and a year goes by, just going in, just putting a suit on and going for an interview is monumental. I mean, it's something that we might not think twice about, but for him, putting in a 40-hour week at this, where he's at right now is huge. I, I, I would say the average story I hear, and this is, an, and this is absolutely true, the, the typical story I hear at marijuana dependency is Lost my job three years ago, and I've been tr I've been working on my resume three years ago. Mm -hmm. Really, it's like two years of staring at a typewriter. Oh yeah, and uh, the gay porn thing doesn't usually factor in, or they just they just don't admit that to you. Okay, we're gonna take ourselves a little break. Bad religion is here. It's getting a little hot in the studio. We'll it's a warm here. Yeah. Well, when we come back, Drew, who are we gonna talk to? I don't know yet. Okay, that's good radio. Hey girl, here from Bad Religion. No Substance is the name of the CD. This is a band we like, so uh, we'll permit you to go out and buy their CD or even buy it again. 
Here's some show dates, by the way. They're going to be at the Glass House on Wednesday in Pomona. Thursday, they're going to be at Crosby Hall, which is in Del Mar. Well, that's a nice area. Friday, they'll be in uh, Santa Monica. Oh, they'll be at Santa Monica Civic. That's oh, yeah. a cool place. All the years I've lived here, I've never seen a show there. Oh, Not come. one? I don't know. You really must. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I've never, I mean, I've been to, I used to go to Perkins Palace. Well, uh-huh. that's that's further away than, than the Civic. There's plenty of parking. I know. have a huge parking I, 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 I should go to the Civic. I, I went to Perkins Palace and saw the Plasmatics. Oh, man. <laughs> you could have seen them at the Whiskey. We were probably there. Jay got kicked out once. That was at the Whiskey. That was at the Whiskey. Oh, what, what was that, like 81 or yeah. something? Jay hawked the loogie on her. <laughs> oh, really? oh, you know, I just read yesterday that poor Wendy o. Williams died. Oh, a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, a while ago. Where the hell have I been? So I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> what you I'm sorry for what I did way back then. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think she smiled and her face cracked or something. And I, I no a chainsaw uh, incident. Honestly, one of uh, the clothespins she had on her nipples got infected. The actual pin part got infected. Honestly, which was the, <laughs> please. I don't know what happened to Is her. Is that true? No, but I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> was duct tape. I'll tell you one thing. I do know, Drew. A pig is a pig, and that's that. <laughs> okay, Drew. That's the beauty of Drew. Let's go to calls. Oh, the band's cool to the lyrics, though. So <laughs> they're hip to the lyrics. Uh, Jake. Yeah. You're 15. Yeah. What's going on? Carkies. Oh, uh, it's some um, some bumps. Um, like like the bottom of my penis and my balls. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's like, it's pretty weird. What's yeah. weird about them? Huh? Why are they weird? They're not supposed to be there. Like, I don't think anyway. That's what I'm calling. Well, all kinds of bumps can occur there that are normal. What do they look like? Bumps. Well, are they just, are they just like lumpy skin or do they have they, something inside they of them? They look like, like little rubber, like little fleshy... Uh, no, it's like bumpy skin, kind of. Like chicken skin? Um, no, I'm like farther apart, kind of. But this that quality to it, where it looks like there's the hair follicle there. Yeah. yeah that's normal. That's cool. Yeah. That's part of the pearly penile papules, probably. Wait, wh- say that three times per- fast. Pearly penile papules, pearly penile papules, pearly penile papules. Don't well, worry you about it. You don't have it. to do everything, Jason. <laughs> 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 he feels slow, a Adam. That was really good, huh? <laughs> he feels a challenge. <laughs> the, the third one was slow. <laughs> yeah, he really did draw that last one. <clears throat> hey, Jake? Yeah. yeah. You're probably okay. Have you had sex? Oh, uh, yeah. You mm, have? Really? Yeah. Mm. Wait, did you use protection? Mm-hmm. You did? Oh, yeah. Do these things look like warts at all? No, it's, it's been there for a while. Now. Before you had sex? Be- before you had any intercourse, they were there? Yeah, like, like a really long time ago. All right. They're, yeah. they're probably the pearly papules, all right? It's what? Pearly papules. All right. All right. You're all right there, Jake. Jake? Yeah. Stay in school. Oh, I will. And listen, when I say stay in school, I mean don't even leave after the bell rings. I mean, I really want you just to stay there. <laughs> don't you think he should, like, uh, roll a sleeping bag out in class? If he works hard, he could end up like Sean. Oh, my God. Do you guys find a lot of callers nowadays who are not staying at school? Um, or do you find a lot of homeschoolers who are calling in? No. You know, we haven't talked to too many homeschoolers. That is really popular up around where I live now in upstate New York. Yeah. People are keeping their kids out of school. They think they can teach them better. And uh, Really? I couldn't imagine uh-huh. doing that. Ain't. A-I-N-T. Ain't. <laughs> Spell it. Virginia. V-E-R-G-E-N-N-A. Virginia. Your parents would keep you out of school if, if they were parenting now. 
You know what I mean? As, as they were in their hippie days. No, because they couldn't have, like, uh, Happy and Pat and Sunshine and Axis couldn't have sat around and smoked weed if I was there. <laughs> they had to send me off somewhere. <laughs> now, I, I don't really understand that because, it, for me, at least three-quarters of schooling was all about socialization. Yeah. It's, there's, yeah. A, there's a hierarchy. You have to sort of fight your way to the top yeah. or at least try. There's a whole... It's a it's a mini it's sort of a life microcosm there and you got to learn how to get along with people and you got to learn uh, how to position yourself and how to make your way through the crowd. I'm a little freaked out about my kids are being exposed to my daughter tonight. I'm getting I'm getting like milk for bed. She goes, uh, "Did you and mommy sex?" Uh oh. I almost went through the floor. Mm, how really? Old? How old is she? Six. Mm. Well, um, Did you explain? Yeah, and I went, uh, well, what is oh. that? She was, I, I, she got really embarrassed. I said, "That's no, right. Just where'd you see that?" And I just want to know. Well, TV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought, oh, my God. I'm throwing that goddamn thing out the window. Hey, Drew, you'll be on it when you toss it out. <laughs> yeah. Talking about masturbation, you idiot. <laughs> That's right. I want to take your part. I'll be sitting next to you. You'll be talking it's about masturbation. You guys are both going out the together. Ocean. Yeah, what kind of thinking is that, Drew? It's your bread and butter, that sex TV. Blame it, blame it on the CDs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, blame it on something else. And let me tell you something. See, Drew has triplets, and they're the product of in vitro fertilization. So you really have a nice technical out oh, when sure. your kids approach yeah, you yeah. with the, did you and mommy have sex? Absolutely not. No. no. It was in a clinical setting. <laughs> Dad whacked off into a Dixie Riddle cup. <laughs> Mom had some eggs harvested. I mean, you could really freak them out, but good. But it wouldn't involve Daddy getting on top of Mommy. No. All right. Anyway, she's greatly relieved when I let her talk about it, so... Yeah. Really? It worked out okay. Oh. She she thought it was kissing. That's what sex is. It's, it's a special hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is in our house. Amy. Yes. Hey, you're 26. You're on with bad religion. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Well, I have this question for you guys, Dr. Drew and Adam. Mm -hmm. And my question is that I have got an ex-boyfriend that's going to show up here next month who I haven't seen in four years, and he doesn't know I have a boyfriend. Well, he must assume you have a life. It's been four years. He knows that I had a boyfriend, but he also thinks that we broke up. Why? Well, because I told him that we did. Okay, uh -huh. well, there you go. <laughs> well, so that's the problem. This could be a new boyfriend, right? No, it's the same one. I know, but he doesn't... Does he know it's the same one? Yeah, because I have a child by him. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. But, but the question is, is why did you tell him you didn't have a boyfriend? Well, well we did break up. Oh, so I you... I did kick him out. He's not living here anymore, but... We are still together. Amy? Yes. You sound a little chaotic yes, with the uh, broke bad. up, kicked him out. I got a, I got a, a son or I have a, I have a child. We're not married. I didn't tell him about it. He's coming back in to stay. Here's a, hang on a second, Amy. It's a betting opportunity here. One of the hallmarks of effed up is when a lot of people are staying with people. That is a through line for all the effed up people <laughs> we talk to where they go, my uncle, yeah, he comes down the hall sometimes. It's like, when, when he lives with yeah, who else? Lives? My aunt and their kids and um, my neighbors. We're not technically my neighbors because they live with us now. <laughs> I mean, I don't even want to live with myself. I swear <laughs> to God, I I couldn't imagine. Could you imagine, Drew? No. You, you, could you imagine uncles and aunts and, and old boyfriends and old girlfriends? It's it's just a ton of chaos. But Amy seems to need Thrive this. on it. Oh, yes. Yeah, because why is this guy coming to stay with them when she has a new guy and she can't tell him and uh, she's starting yes. to sort of set the chaos table? Yes. All right, we're going to take a break.
Well, we're with one of the few bands that I think can successfully gamble on this show. Okay. As you know, we gamble on people's past to figure out what, uh, why they're acting the way they are in the present. And usually, when we have groups like Black Grape on here in the gambling... Oh, uh, jeez. It's hard to understand them through the Abba-Zabba. The gambling gambling goes something like this. I always set it up in no uncertain terms. I go, listen, boys, here's what we're doing. From this show, we've learned that people's past seem to affect their, their future and their present. So, what happened in Amy's childhood? What kind of family did she grow up with? What was her environment like during the formative years that brought her to act this way in 1998? She don't get along with her mates. <laughs> She's having a bad day. Brilliant! She's having a bad go of it. <laughs> there was no more points at the pub. <laughs> Brilliant. It's great. Then Your we teeth got... won't fix properly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Governor. We're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to gamble What's with the gambling pop? band on Amy after this. Ed Religion is here. Craig, Jane, Brian are all here. Yes, Drew isn't here. Hey, Drew. Yeah. Sorry to tear you away from that, but He's coming. time to start the show. Phone number, one 800 LVE. One nine one. Now, when we laughed, laughed off, last, last, laughed off. We were speaking to uh, Amy. Amy. Yes, I'm here. Twenty six. Yeah. So let's just get a little more information before the gambling begins. All right. Okay. You have a child. Yes. One child. Two. Two. From the same guy. Just woke up. No, two different men. Two different men. Ah, see. Guys, maybe I should say. Right, and one of the fathers you're living with, though, right? Nope, I kicked him out. Oh, kicked him out. I thought you kicked the other guy out. Nope. Why'd you kick him out? When? Why? He was hitting you? No, well, that too, yeah, but yeah. it was, um, I was tired of his other girlfriends. Oh, okay. Mm, okay. That's no enough. More. That's it. Go ahead. This guy's an asshole. You want me to go first? Sure. I'll okay. Go All right. This is going to be tough because well, there's nobody has uh, money out there. There's, there's some education in this room. Oh, <clears throat> Drew, you went for the quarters last That's all night. I have. I got dollars. I got a lot of. Ooh, it's a twenty in there. Jesus <laughs> Christ! I quit the show if I find another twenty in here. Okay. All right. What's what's Canadian five? <laughs> <laughs> the band has put plastic out there. <laughs> Do you guys need some dollars? Seriously? No, we're okay. You yes. are. I think. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not seeing any cash. Oh, no. <laughs> That's money. All right, Greg. You need dollars. I have a dollar. You have a dollar. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'll do it. All All right. Right. I have a real dollar. All right. Good. We're good. Not a Canadian. All right. Shall I go first? Sure. <clears throat> Let's see. So it's a pretty. Uh, Pretty formidable adversaries here. A lot of IQ and testosterone. Make a real, in this room. real specific. Yeah. Uh, well, I know uh, she had a guy who hit her, so I know uh, she was probably uh, pushed around a little when she was younger. Although she did kick him out, but there's some philandering going on too. I'm going to say that her dad did a little, little fool around on mom, and was physically abusive, but not sexually. Okay. Is that good? Any other any other details about that? Um, he used to wear all right, all right, all right. a um, fedora. No, he had a belt buckle uh, of uh, the state of Texas. It was shaped. It was actually marginally larger than Texas, though. So keep on trucking on it. Yeah. All right, Jay. We'll go. Uh, Greg. Yeah, I got some coherent ideas. Okay. 
I'm going to suggest uh, that Amy doesn't know her father very well. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And where'd he go? Did he leave? Yeah, I think he was just out of the picture at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't believe there was any violence, though. I, I no think, violence. I think she just um, doesn't know who her dad they is. Dad abandoned the family. Yeah. Early. And, and uh, she has a, a real um, yeah very early. Mm-hmm. And so she has a hard time conceptualizing what a man is supposed to be in a relationship. Interesting. Uh, I may I may uh, revise mine to dad did split early and stepdad did some of the thumping on her. Well, go ahead. And the uh, playing around. What do you want to do? Now I'm going to go with biological dad. Was physically abusive and what else? Played around. Okay. And, I, I, and, uh, I okay. cheat. I don't see abuse, but I think that the dad did own a van. Oh, oh that's yes. good. That's very trailer. Trailer. Van or trailer? Yeah. Yeah. He was mobile. <laughs> What else about him? Anything? Um, but I don't see abuse. I agree with Greg on this. I don't see uh, physical abuse. What do you yeah. say? I, I think absentee okay. is is more appropriate. Yeah, Give him another detail so you can separate yourself from Greg. What color was the well, van? Well, I already have the van. Oh, brown. <laughs> okay, brown. Yeah. Sort of burnt orange? Well, no, no. It's actually a 1977 Dodge Street Van. Ooh, nice. It says Street Van, the logo thing. An F right. truck. Craigers <laughs> or center lines? Craigers. Okay. Wait, um... <laughs> Let's yeah. make, wait. Let's just make this clear, though. Brian Ouch. hasn't really specified if uh, father was um, gone at a young age. <coughs> wait, pick, pick the date. Pick the age. Yeah, I'm going to say by the. I'm going to say by the age of two. This guy. Oh no, 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 no. I think like uh, 11, 12. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. There's, there's time to. Uh, okay. Okay. So I'll say I'll agree with you that dad left early, mm-hmm. and mom had multiple boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mom cheated. Uh, no, no, not not during. You know, she just had boyfriends after her. <laughs> Multiple guys coming through. Sure. Mm-hmm. Any um, any stepdads do her wrong? Well, she doesn't seem to in interested words, in marriage. <clears throat> so these... marriage isn't something that she seems that that seems to come into play here. She's got two kids and and mm-hmm. hasn't been married. Okay, a lot of a lot of She's boyfriends. Got a lot of boyfriends. <clears throat> Solid, Drew. I'm going to say that uh, Amy is an exact replica of mom. Mm-hmm. Precise. Okay. Meaning, meaning Amy is a product of some non-married something that came through, and and the guy, the males that she was raised around, whether it was actual biological father or not, were were physically abusive. And I, I, I think I'm picking up a drug addiction here Ooh. in everybody in the family. In everybody. And I forgot Ooh. to mention the possibility of alien abduction. Okay. <laughs> write that down. Make sure you write, that, write that down. Your sure. dollar's gone, Jay. <laughs> Amy. Yes. It's a big pot here. Yeah, I think you're going to get it, Drew. Or, I mean, Adam, sorry. Ooh, wow. Adam, yeah. Adam. What do we got? What do we got, baby? Well, none of you are really right, but... <laughs> She's gonna, just going to give it to you anyway. First so. of all, I have to tell you, my father listens to your show. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> How's the van running? <laughs> well, he doesn't. He has a minivan now. Yeah. Thank you! <laughs> 50 not cents to Brian. Not a dodge. He's a definite forward man. Uh-huh. Flip it over and read the directions. <laughs> With the big belt buckle. First on race day. Oh, Adam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, no, my, my parents are still together. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really surprised. Yeah, we all lost. Well, wait a minute. I didn't. Uh, I had dad was. Yeah, you did. Uh, yeah. Dad was abusive. Uh, dad ever raise a hand to you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Ooh. The last time he raised his hand was, I think, I was about sixteen, and he choked me. Yeah. Is it all? It's all that. It's, it's, this little deal here. That, that's not physical abuse. Choking. Is it <laughs> I thought it was more no, spanking that's, or that's paddling. A, it's choking. 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 <laughs> you guys ever watch The Simpsons? No. Yeah, no alcoholics. Uh, no drug and alcohol here. Uh, my father is. A recovering alcoholic. Okay. How about mom? Mom is a martyr. Well, I'm going to go to Pennant. Mm-hmm. No, all right. Well, well, hold on a second here. Now, do you have a, a 
was your dad ever a traditional dad? I mean, do you have a good image of what a what a partner should be, a male partner should be well, in a my family? My father is absolutely wonderful, but you know where you guys were saying. <laughs> Other than the choking, and then the physically abuse and, and choking. I don't part. think that he really knew how. I can't make excuses for him, but I don't think he knew how to control his anger. Right. I mean, there's no excuse for a parent striking a child. Period. That is, that people like sorry, but there's, there's, it's not a good person. Well, it, no, there is an excuse. Just a flawed person. There's an excuse in that um, alcohol. No, that's not an excuse. It's an explanation. <laughs> there's that's an right. excuse that their children themselves. In other words, they don't have the skills to understand what it means to be a parent, and and um, you know that is an excuse. It's again, it's an explanation. I, I just don't. I can't excuse it. I just can't excuse it. And, and to and to me to say it's, he's a wonderful man, but is, is excusing it, and I can't excuse it. Hey, Amy. Yes. Did he do any philandering? No, not my father. Mom did. No, um, the absentee part comes in where he was always working. Is he a truck driver or something? No, actually, he um, has a regular job, but it's 3 to 11, so... You wouldn't see him. I would come home from school and never saw him, except, <clears> you know, when I was naughty. Come here, sweetie. When you were naughty? Uh-huh. Were you raped at a young age or something? I was molested by my brother. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, we all missed yeah. out on the oh, sexual abuse. Yeah. No, that's after the fact. I think I get the pot for the physical abuse dad who was yeah. still around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I, I, I think, think Adam so. gets it. Yeah. Thank you, baby. <laughs> uh, now, wh who abused your brother sexually? I don't know. I've never talked to him about it. How old were you when this started happening? Like 11 or so? No, actually, I think I was about four. four. I didn't even remember it until I was Man. 14. This is your biological brother? Biologically by my mother. <laughs> Half brother? Yes. Where is his father? His father's around. I just saw him on Christmas. Doesn't this make Amy what her mom is? Hold on a second. I can I feel the money slipping from my <laughs> grubby fingers as we speak. Now, wait a second. Somebody was saying that they that you said... Amy's a reproduction of mom. You said that Amy's a reproduction of her mom, that, as we all know, Amy has two kids from two different guys. She's unmarried. And then when Drew posed that question to her, she said, my parents are married, they've always been married, and they're still together to this day. Which, would, which was confusing, but now it seems there was another guy and another kid, which is starting got, to be a little more like Amy in the I present. I think that uh, I have a right to um, <laughs> some of the money. Because, <laughs> Why? Because it's clear she doesn't have a clear understanding of what a father's supposed to be. All right, there but all that falls under the no-duh category. I mean, you can't get money back from that. <laughs> Please, I heard you trying to spoon-feed her your answers like some <laughs> witness... Uh, I think you're an athlete Bailey or something. Let's remember the purpose of the bag, other than, other than to... It's not to make fun of the individual. It's to really show how reproducible people's present are based on their past experiences. Well, and physical it, abuse was absolutely no question she had physical abuse. No no doubt. Absolutely. That, that had to have been there. Uh, banding dad, not a surprise. Alcoholic dad, I called that. That, that. that you can just... you can. Amy, you've got a little momentum with alcohol yourself, right? No, actually, I was a chemical dependency counselor for over two years. Because? Because I knew I didn't want to get into alcohol and drugs. Because? I what it did to my family. You never got into it in the first place? Well, in junior high, I smoked pot. Well, that may, that may not count. I'm just saying you had some momentum with substances. All right, well, let me just wrap this up by saying, where is the original dad from your brother, and what was the situation behind that? Well, Mom was married to him. They had five kids. Oh, see, now it's, now it's making sense, yeah. Got a divorce. Right. Had me and married my dad. Uh-huh. And and it was that guy, your half-brother, who molested you? Yeah. One of those. Yep. One of them. Okay. 
All right, Amy. You didn't answer my question, guys. What is it? What about this boyfriend? Yes. That's what she wants to know. Yes. Listen, now you got to tell the guy you're with now what's going on. He knows. Uh, he knows? Yeah, he's a jerk. I don't care what he thinks. None of these guys, there's no way that any of these guys are any good for you. None of them. Start over. Clean slate. Shake the after sketch, as Adam would say. <laughs> yeah. Shake uh, the after sketch. Really? Right. It, 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 all this is chaos. Every one of them. Anybody that you're attracted to or that's attracted to you right now is trouble. You understand okay. that, Amy? You're still acting out in a big way. And Amy, How do I get over it. Well, you got to get into some therapy. You got to get into some counseling. You have to do some work, especially on behalf of your kids. Come you're on, Mama. So you have you have these cognitive insight in how this all works. Absolutely. You know, you know, you need a you need a connect. Why don't you go to Al-Anon and, and get a connected relationship with a sponsor and get some feedback on your behavior and with that relationship, perhaps growing to the point that you can trust some of your attraction to. To males and maybe develop a relationship that has some potential for stability. It just breaks my heart when you have someone who comes from such chaos who has a couple of infants on their knee, and you know that these kids are like sponges, and they got this guy coming in, and they got that guy coming in, and they got this guy smacking mom, and that guy being tossed out of the house, and old boyfriend uh, crossing paths with new boyfriend. It's just chaos. Stop it, everybody. Stop the chaos. If you're going to have chaos, at least just let it rain on you. Don't rub it all over your kids. Do you want your kids damned to this same life that you've led? It's, it's pathetic, but that's what they're going to do. All right. So I get my five bucks, and I think that's the important. I part. still think I get a dollar for the van. <laughs> yeah, I should have a dollar mini for van the in the present. <laughs> I'll take fifty cents. Hold on, wait one second. Belt Amy, yeah. Belt did, old, uh, did you used to drive a van back in the day? Yep, a brown one. Oh, oh God! Oh, you bitch! <laughs> Don't call me a bitch. I can't help He's it. Kidding. He's he got kidding. two bucks now. <laughs> brown. Amy, Amy, you're great. Uh, hang really, in there. I'm going to come over there and kick you in the ass if you don't get some therapy. Do better, though. Take care of those kids, would you? Absolutely. Stop all exposing right, them to all that chaos. Hang in there. You, there's, you have oh, real potential. Should have never there. gone back to her. Never. You went Brown van. <laughs> you went right back for it, didn't you? All right, we're going to take a break. Bad religion is here. Um, I'm going to go kick the uh, vending machine with frustration. Drew, hang your head, buddy. Uh, you get like a quarter. I'll give you like uh, 50 cents Thank back. You. And whose nickel's that? It was mine. Oh, no, not mine. I put in a dollar right. five. Okay, lucky that wasn't yours, Drew. What tax? <laughs> well, I was trying right. to get one. It was 6.7. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> We're waiting for Greg to come back? Where's Greg? We fly, on, we fly on airplanes a lot. We know this one. Yeah, six two two ten. Let him sit down. That's a window seat right there. I see. Uh-huh. I wish you showed me that kind of respect, Drew. What are you waiting on? I'm just having a funny feeling about how long it's been since we've been on a plane, and then so, suddenly a, a sense of dread grabbed me. You know, was, we're going to be on a plane again together. You. <laughs> you know, it was really weird. I had this dream about being on a plane last night, except for, and I swear to God, this is true. It was not a plane. It was a modified brown van. <laughs> I swear. I swear it was a van. And I remember bitching and complaining because I said, well, you complaining while we're traveling? No. Wow, what a, it stretched that dream. <laughs> You're prescient. Drew knows I have uh, I, I have uh, two modes when we travel. It's uh, it's complaining or drugged, or actually, and, and then a sort of belligerent drugged complaining, which is the third. <laughs> Wait, there's, there's third droning. One. There's droning on. Droning yeah. on, which is which is actually the most bothersome for me. You know, the greatest is when we were doing what was it, Jenny Jones? We're going to Chicago, <laughs> and I was all 
drugged up in the uh, airport at 7 in the morning, and they told us we weren't flying first class. <laughs> Adam had a tizzy fit. I had a oh, fit, oh. and I left. Did they throw you out of the airport? No, he was like, uh, it's like Jaja Gabor not getting her way. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> like uh, when Jaja couldn't get her poodle up in first class with her, it was need, great. You need to come on the road with us. Yeah. I took a trip. Well, my, I don't need to fly first class, but when they tell you they're flying you first class... You get excited. You get a napkin. And you get there. <clears throat> and you get there, and they tell you you're going, Coach, I just turn around and said, thank you. I'm going back to bed, and I started walking out of the airport. It worked no, like no, it was not thank you. All right, I yelled for a while, and then I started to walk out of the airport. To speed. All right, but what happened, Drew? You got first class, and I flew coach. That's oh, right, oh, buddy. Oh. That is so right. You <laughs> see what happens? But see the squeaky wheel, talk everybody. About the <laughs> karma or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I flew in the back of the plane where there was nobody. I could lie down on a bench of seats. Adam's crammed into those lousy Super 80 first-class seats. <laughs> True. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's good to shine a cocktail on your shirt. That's what we call yeah, yeah, lamb like, fur. It covering. was rough. Yeah, the champagne was way too dry. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> they showed a tent, tent so our, dancing our movie. Is, it was horrible. We have to be some in, you know, back east somewhere like by noontime. We finished this thing at midnight. we got to get to the airport at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. And, uh, it's a, that's painful. Oh, talk about Ithaca. That's why we have a road <laughs> for, for For us... Uh, Greg's from Ithaca, or Greg lives in Ithaca now, but for us to do a college lecture at Ithaca, and in order to get on stage by 7 o'clock that night, and to do this show the night before, we have to get picked up at about 5 yeah, from our house, yeah. and, and it's nothing but travel, and then you hit the stage, and you don't know where you are. Yeah. Are you going through Pittsburgh? Yeah, We've been there. We did Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, on the way? Yeah, on the way there. Yeah, no, we no. went through Syracuse. We landed in, no, we landed in Syracuse, Syracuse, but we must have went in a, we a must car for three hours after that. Remember? Oh, oh yeah. you drove? It's only 50 miles. Drove from Syracuse to oh, it, Syracuse, yeah. it, was, it was only 50 miles. Yeah, but we had a limo driver. Oh, oh, he driving 12 miles an hour. Oh, Easily. Give me a call. 18-wheel trucks passing it. Call Greg. He'll cover that one. That was when you were screaming at the driver. Same day. It really doesn't sound like me, Drew. Terry? Yeah? You're 23. Yeah. What's going on? Oh, God. Okay. I've been taking Prozac and lithium, like, for over three to maybe four months. And um, I don't understand why I have to take, like, two kinds of pills. Like Is that, that how uh, Peter Laurie would say lithium? Lithium. Lithium. <laughs> Think of it as... Um, <laughs> The lithium being sort of a uh, a bridle, something that keeps your mood from going too high or too low. Yeah. And that your tendency is to be too low. Yeah. And so the the Prozac kind of lifts it up a little bit, while the lithium keeps it from the lid blowing off on the high side. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you you need both typically. Now it's that's an interesting combination. Yeah. <laughs> no, a common combination. Well, but, but wait a minute. There's a lot of people on Prozac who aren't on lithium. Correct. Are there a lot of people sh- are on lithium who aren't on Prozac? I would. Uh, my experience has been most people that are on lithium are on some sort of antidepressant also, and they, they, it's, she's bipolar. She's manic depressive, right, Terry? Yeah. Um, oh my God, yeah. And uh, and it's this day and age, there's a greater, or a, uh, seems to be a greater interest, or perhaps pre- prevalence of use of what are called mood stabilizing medications, like Depakote or Tegretol, things like that. And have they ever used those sort of medicines on you? No. Okay. I mean, that that would be the alternative to lithium is something. Lithium, though, is time-honored. I mean, people have been using that for a long time. It's a pretty safe medication. Yeah. And if it's helping you, I mean, it's important to take these things because this, this is a biology that you've inherited, and it's going. Mm-hmm. And it's going to operate if you're not on the medication. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I understand. And then the, and I have another question. Mm-hmm. Is um, um, I drank alcohol like two weeks, three weeks ago, and oh my god, I got really, really, really sick, like to the point where I blacked, almost blacked out. We in Tijuana? No. What happened to me? Like eight times, really. <laughs> Should have learned my lesson. You mean you were intoxicated to the point that you nearly blacked oh, out, or, you, or drank, you just got sick and nearly passed out? I just drank so much that um, people, my friends next door, had to help me out. Do you have a history so... of that sort of thing? Huh? Do you have a history of alcohol excess? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe you're alcoholic, too. I mean, the bipolars, alcoholics have a higher incidence of bipolar than the average, than the general population. So, I mean, that yeah. needs to be treated differently than your mood disturbance. It's a separate disorder, yeah. and it's important that that be treated thoroughly, okay? Okay. Uh, okay. Were you married? Uh, I was married, too, yeah, but not, I, I left him. I dumped him in the valley. Good man. Good <laughs> man. You got kids? I have one little boy. I live with my parents right now. All right. Good. <laughs> they gave you that uh, bipolar condition. Now they're going to pay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and alcoholism. And alcoholism. Great. No, I don't. I don't think I have a problem with alcoholism, though. I, I I'm not an alcoholic. I, I just the point of the problem is. I, I'm not going to make a diagnosis over the phone, but it sounds suspicious, Terry. So whoever's prescribing the medication, discuss it with them. All right. All right, Terry. All right, Ben. Take sure care, get Junior. Your, get your levels down on your lithium. Here's the, uh, I mean, the real payback if you're a parent that doesn't do a great job is your kid ends up living with you about eight years longer yeah. than they should. <laughs> so it does sort of come back to haunt you a little bit. <laughs> Plus, you got to bail them out of jail, put them through a rehab. Pay I mean, damaged cars. The real, I think the real move, and this is what I'm going to do when I'm a parent, which is I'm either going north or south. I'm not going to, I'm not going to straddle. The fence, meaning if I'm going to be a bad parent, I'm going to be horrible. <laughs> and the kid's on it. The kid can go through rehab. The kid can go through jail. I'm not going to hire an attorney. I mean, I'm just going to be the world's worst parent, and they're completely on their own. Or I'm going to be a good parent and not let them get in trouble in the first place. But what you don't want to be is in between, which is sort of bad. It screws them up, but then you have a turnaround somewhere in life, and now you're just bailing them out, putting them through rehab, you know, uh, buying them cars after they wrap them around telephone poles, <laughs> f- uh, you know, getting them out of DUIs and all that nonsense. Thanks, Mom. <sighs> right. society that we were in back in 1980, and we just uh, stuck together and were able to release our own records um, through a generous loan from our guitar player at the time, or his dad, actually. Thanks, Richard. And yeah, <laughs> His name is Richard. And, um, you know, we were able to start a little enterprise on our own, and uh, the discovery just came from uh, us playing live shows and uh, people... You know, we built up a following over time. Did you play when you were still in high school? Did you have gigs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every, like, two weeks. What what places were you playing in high you school? You know, the underground uh, punk clubs in L.A., places like the Hong Kong Cafe, which was a restaurant, and every Tuesday night they had punk night. Right. Uh, when it, after after hours. What was the one that was like a, like a, it looks like a garage just down outside of downtown on Sunset? Jiffy Lube. The yeah, anti club. No. There's an yeah. anti club. Yeah, the we anti-club. played there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then Godzilla's out in the valley for a long time. Yeah, I mean, there were these were weird offbeat places yeah. that uh, played our kind of music, and uh, we were lucky that there was, um, you know, there was a very 
happening underground music. The only uh, Valley venues I can remember was uh, the Country Club in Reseda. I rocked the Country Club. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. saw, I saw Oingo Boingo there, and I saw the mm. Bus Boys there. Yeah. Remember well, that? We were, that was a little too established for us in the early yeah, days. Yeah, I'd we, say it was pretty good. But luckily, we had, a, we had our guitar player and Jay both had... Uh, had uh, vans and Jay had a little pickup truck, so we were able to drive far and wide all over LA. Wow. We played the Mabuhe Gardens in San Francisco. Yeah, we made road trips to San Francisco and Vegas and San Diego, and so. Where'd you play in Vegas? Uh, it was a strip mall that had like a little abandoned store that uh, someone had built a stage in. Wow. And if you ask me the name of the club, I'd, I'd, they called it something. The thing that's weird about Vegas is it's it's all the glitz and the glamour and the big bucks and everything, but as soon as you get a quarter mile off, off that main drag, it oh. gets real dicey, yeah. really <laughs> fast. Really well, you, fast. Say, you say strip mall has all kinds of connotation yeah. there. And there's yeah. a lot of weird like kind of industrial parks with like uh, strip joints in it, and they're dark, and they're seedy, and Part of the meth belt. As, that right? Yeah, as glamorous as the meth belt. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it gets really dicey really fast there. Yeah. Hey, Ryan? Yeah. Uh, anything else? Well, I don't know. I'm just wondering because my friend's in a band and uh, they're pretty good. They're from the East Bay and I'm just wondering, um, he's always wondering how he can, you know, how they can get the band to be a little bit bigger. Put out, put out a CD? Yeah, you know and, CDs and are on tour. CDs are really easy to manufacture these days. They're easier than when we were young. It was really hard to make a record. We had to go and find studio time, and then you had to find a record pressing, you know, vinyl pressing facility. Now you can do it if you know someone of your friends who has a computer. You can burn CDs nowadays because the CD burners are so affordable, yeah. and you can record them on hard disks, right, yep. Brian? Absolutely. Brian just bought a hard disk recorder. The <laughs> things have become so affordable and it's easier than ever to manufacture your own music yeah tell them to tell them to find a, an inexpensive studio with adats or something that they can do uh maybe 10 or 15 songs on and then uh in the east bay in san francisco try a There's place called bond communications to make cds yeah they make that's another thing the the manufacturers who make the cds today are everywhere and they're so much cheaper than we yeah they'll cost they, they might cost you like a dollar each a dollar each and you can have your own cd and bring it to the local record store and i i can remember when if you were on a cd it was a big deal like you'd go to the record store and they'd have the Beatles on CD, but you'd go, "You got any Graham Parker?" And they'd be, like, "Yeah, come on, that's He's not they CD were, material, compact disc <laughs> here, CD worthy, please." It was all vinyl back then. <laughs> yeah, and and it took a while. I mean, there was that transition. Probably, I don't know, you know, well, was, eight eighty one to like eighty eight or something. No, where it, until 80, it was yeah, I had, to be honest with you, it was it was a really short time because we were running Epitaph, still doing vinyl. Uh, when we started doing CDs, and the change was about two years from we went we went from ninety percent vinyl and ten percent CDs to a hundred percent CDs. But it, it seemed to me I was waiting for like Led Zeppelin to get all of their stuff on well, CD. The see, the catalog stuff was different because record companies were they were battling with the thought: Would people actually go out and buy their entire Chains. collection again yeah. uh -huh. on CDs? Well, that was what the old that was what they that was that was, they didn't want to spend the money at the mm -hmm. time. CDs were really expensive to make back then. Yeah, cheap right. now, but back then they were two twenty five, two fifty. So a pop. interesting. Consequently, I don't know if you noticed this, but joints got smaller because <laughs> when you're trying to take the seeds and the stems out of the weed on a CD case, <laughs> it really it have doesn't to work. work. It, it doesn't work. Doesn't 
you, you have to work with a jeweler's loop. <laughs> it's really tough. Surgical instruments. Yeah, I mean, a well-lit environment, a sterile environment. It's not like... It, God knows what used to go on on the covers of uh, records. And the double records, forget about it. Yeah. The guy doing coke on this side, the other guy rolling a doobie on that side. It's the gatefold sleeve. A double live. <laughs> Josh. Um, yeah. What's going on? Uh, my question is... Uh, Will pot stunt your growth? Uh, I don't know of any evidence that that's the case. I, I have theorized that it might affect your genital development because it does suppress estrogen, rather increase estrogen levels and suppress testosterone. Oh, uh, okay. And bad religion, you kick butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. He got his answer. Hey, listen, he, he's not kidding. You're young and you're still developing. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful with the pot. You don't. You yeah. don't want to. You don't want to be a teenager with an infantile penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adam. Huh. Where do you get all these jokes? Uh, the j catalog right in front of me. <laughs> you are hilarious. I'm on page uh, 293, and it's only a 400-page book. So like we may along. be out of show in about nine months. Uh, okay. All right, Josh. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye. You get off the weed, I won't be so funny anymore. Yeah, believe 70, me. 78 minutes he was hanging on for that question. <laughs> Josh is 14 and on the weed. You give him about three years and no weed. Uh, you think I'm going to be funny? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. He didn't say you were funny now. That's true. I just want to know where I got him. <laughs> Wherever you got him, I want you to kick that guy in the nuts. Yeah. Those are horrible. Kenny. Kenny, you're 15. Hey, what's up? Hey. Um, uh, my question is this. All right. Um... My girlfriend gets depressed, and uh, instead of, like, uh, you know, talking about her or something, she uh, cuts herself up. Mm -hmm. Is she into uh, Marilyn Manson? No. Oh. Uh, so she's a cutter? Yeah. All right. What's the question? I, I don't know what, you know, what the hell is going on with that? I mean, what, what is... Well, that, that people that do that have severe psychological problems. It, it is an expression of some very, very powerful feelings that can't be managed any other way. Drew? What? Let me ask this. Is that its own separate problem? Can you be mildly depressed and cut on yourself, or is that just an extreme expression of depression? It... You're asking a pretty complicated question. It is more than not an expression of character disturbance than the, than the, the magnitude of the depression. So there could be people that were more depressed than a guy who's cutting on Absolutely. himself. Absolutely. It, it suggests she's had a lot of stuff happen during her life, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's that. She it's, had a couple of boyfriends that uh, smacked her around. Well, and but she had parents that, that smacked before that. her around. Way before that. Parents that smacked her around and abused her and banned her. And that it kind it of sort of turns out that... Uh, you're going to get to yourself before someone else gets to you. you is know, that you know what it's like? It's is like, that what it turns out to be? That's that's the way. I, when I've talked to some of these people that have some degree of recovery, that's the way they describe it. It's just the it and it. And I'm just thinking about it just now. You know, it's kind of it's a regressive act, just the way like little kids start like wetting their bed and stuff when they when they don't have other ways to manage their feelings. They sort of they sort of symptoms develop that that just they don't make sense, but they're just symptoms of these regressive states that people get stuck. But isn't in. isn't some of that an issue of of a person? Personals, uh, of a person's control. If, if maybe they feel out of control with their life, if they cut themselves, they go, "I can control this." Right. It's that kind of thing. It's it's like it, it's it's more about. Um 
It's pretty complicated, but but it's it's about releasing tension. No, don't don't releasing tell that. Don't say that. It's so condescending. You know. Well, by, I, the it's reason pretty I complicated, you ban guys. No, I mean it's complicated. More complicated. <laughs> There's a lot of big words it's involved D, in the description. No, F sharp. <laughs> it's G. It's more complicated than I could describe in a simple. You know, I'm not mean in a way that's discernible, understandable. Just sitting here right. talking about. Kenny, but, you got your hands full, buddy. You really do. I mean, I, I don't know what advice to give you. If you love her, uh, be there for her. But I'm, um, I can tell you, you're going to have a tough road to hoe with her. Make sure she's in treatment. Can you do that? Make sure she's in treatment? Yeah. yeah. Well, what, well, what exactly? What, I mean, she says it's not a problem, but I mean, this thing is freaking me out. It, it, I mean, it just is a symptom. Don't try to make sense of it or explain it because it's not, a, it's not from a rational part of the brain. It's a behavior that is symptomatic of some significant emotional problems, and just accept that. Justin. Hey. You're 18. How's it going? Good. Um, I got a two-part question for you. All right. Um, Fine. First off, it's both related to my girlfriend. Um, first, when I ejaculate inside her, it burns her for a good half hour afterwards. She's seen a gynecologist? Uh, yes, and, and she checked out completely normal. Do they think she's allergic to your semen? Well, uh, that question hadn't been brought up. Uh, actually, when she saw the gynecologist, she didn't bring it up. Okay. We kind of assumed something probably would have been found anyway. Yeah, she's if going were back, She's going back to check. All right, all right. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, we've thought about that possibility. Mm -hmm. um, Does it happen if you wear a condom? No. Why do you wear a condom? Well, yes, obviously, it's, but she just went on birth control. All right. um, that was kind of to okay. eliminate that whole need. That that may be what we end up doing. Okay. But of course, you know, if if it ever gets long enough along the road, uh, that obviously will present a problem in childbirth. What is your second? Not necessarily. What is your second question? Well, I just mean actually getting there. Okay. But uh, my second part is, um, so it's a little bit deeper thing. Um, she's never been capable of having an orgasm. Well, her crotch is on fire. Could you blame her? Yeah, I, I knew you'd probably say something like that, but that that way preceded the first. I mean, this wasn't in chronological order. The are, you, are you expecting her to have an orgasm during intercourse? Yes. Get That's over that. To get over that expectation. <laughs> well, I wish yeah. my dad would have sat me down and explained that to me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, save. Save your pumping for the dance floor, son. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're not going to get the big, big O there. No. No. Well, you know, I mean, we've we've done plenty of other things, and, and nothing's ever brought her to it uh, with me or with any of her uh, previous mm -hmm. experiences. And, can, and can, can she do it to herself? No. And, and it, it's, oh. it's not me that, that it worries me about. It's We're not attacking. Justin, you know. we're not attacking you. We're attacking your penis. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe as uh, you know, it's just like a lot of behaviors. You got to learn how to do it. It's right. Not as, it's not purely physiological. Yeah. She has to learn uh, how to do it. And, and and at 18, as a female, she's sort of you know right on the cusp. I mean, sure. A lot of women have difficulty with this, or in earlier in life, it's not like guys. Uh, and you perform oral sex on her, right? Yeah, I, I do. And how's that going? She likes it. She actually prefers uh, the the finger thing. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, so you give her the finger thing? Yeah. You know, it's weird, but as you get older, you, you stray away from the finger thing. Yeah, I, I have a finger. I use the finger sexually to work the remote on the VCR. That's the only thing I use my finger for. <laughs> 
<laughs> I really do. I, I've not I've not put my hand in a woman in like ten years. I don't know where you get over the finger thing, but somewhere around like twenty six, twenty seven. No, no. You still you still do the finger thing? You have to be in a band. Oh yeah. <laughs> you gotta get in a band to do that? You play an instrument and that's what your fingers are just hit. Oh I guess so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know, for me it's 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 either oral sex or it's it's fornication, but the finger thing All right. What, Drew? Oh, yeah. You know right. what I'm saying, I just, right? I'm saying enough of that. The deal is, at, <laughs> at 18, uh, many women have not yet achieved an orgasm or have difficulty doing so, and she needs to begin to understand what sort of emotional place she needs to put herself in in order for that um, normal physiology yeah. to take care of itself. Okay. And it, it take, it's, it's tougher. Yeah, it's tougher for women than men. It's, it's, it really is about establishing an intimate, safe place. And okay. uh, and then this thing kind of takes care of itself. But okay. do not expect anything during intercourse. So, Justin, here's yeah. the deal. Don't push so hard. Don't take it personally. I, I'm not. Don't. Uh, it's her that I'm worried about. I, I know, but it's that attitude that's going to sort of stifle her sure because you're you're putting you may not be putting the pressure on yourself but you're putting it on her and then she's sort of pushing it back on you it, there's you have too much too much wrapped up in this just let her discover herself figure out what she likes when she's on her own and then you can just go ahead and apply that to her <laughs> it's it's really hard to have a woman have an orgasm when she has not had one and does not know herself she's got to figure out what she likes and then she'll tell you and furthermore it's a real private thing so if she knows that he's watching her every move and uh, oh, yeah. expecting her to have one yeah, well, it's gonna it, be it doesn't let her relax enough to go let her yeah. yeah let's not discount the searing pain that oh, she's burning right. too we, right. we started from so. Meanwhile, guys can have another uh, 11 guys from the bachelor party yelling, jizz, 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 jizz. And it doesn't seem to break their concentration at all. No. It's great. All right. Bad Religion is here, and uh, we'll be back. Hey, it's Loveline. Bad Religion is hanging out with us tonight. No Substance is the name of the CD. We're going to hear something else off of that coming up pretty soon. We, until then, are going to get back to the phones. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Ian. Yes. Hey, you're 21. Yes, sir. What's going on? I've got a comment for Dr. Drew. Yeah. Okay. Um, as far as the self-mutilation goes or cutting yourself, mm -hmm. you're partially right and partially not. It is somewhat complicated, but then again, it's also very simple. Well, let me, let me describe to you. I wasn't being very clear about what this is. It's a way of managing feelings. That is to say, your feelings become overwhelming, and this creates a release and a rush and a euphoria that sometimes help people manage their feelings. Oh, I know. Now, I've been there. Now, why they choose that particular act, there are all sorts of theories as to what it means. Well, uh, I can tell you what I was going through. I mean, it's basically... And I'll, and I'll, oh, go ahead. It translates the, the emotional pain into a physical pain, which is a lot easier to deal with. Sure, it externalizes a little bit. And from there, it becomes an adrenaline rush, and you forget all about it. Now, uh, people who are uh, alcoholic-prone actually have more... They get more payoff from this. They get more of euphoria, and they, it helps them even more than just the average person. Do you have alcoholism in your family somewhere? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and so that's what I would predict. From I mean, those are the people that really use it as a way of managing feelings. For some people, non-alcoholics, some of the symbolic meaning sometimes is more important than the actual feeling they get from doing it. How'd you stop cutting on yourself, Ian? Found somebody who cared about me. Mm. Really? Mm-hmm. All it takes is the love of a good woman. <clears throat> Someone who actually just felt like you know they 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 just 
care about you enough to where it's like, my God, I'm actually worth something. Well, you know? certainly feeling worthwhile is very important. How long have you been with this woman? Well, that was someone I had actually, to tell you the truth, I'd met her over the computer. Um, I have no contact with her anymore, but now I'm married to someone also very wonderful. Okay. Would you meet her over the facts or something? No, actually, we work for the same company. Okay. All right. Ian, good luck. Don't cut on yourself anymore. I haven't done it for years. Thanks for the feedback. All right. Drew, you got a, you got a call figured out there? That we do. Uh, you to play a song? Yeah. I'm trying to work out the timing here. Okay. Let's do that. This is uh, from No Substance. Substance. Drew? Yep. All right. You with us? Yep. All right. Where are you going there, Drew? Somewhere? What the? Important legal documents. We'll be right back. Spencer. Yeah. You're 25. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, not much. I just wanted to have a few questions with uh, bad religion. All right, then. Fire when ready, Gridley. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I know I've been, I've dug you guys since, jeez, uh, back in high school, and I was curious, um, what type of, with Jay, what type of bass do you play? Right now? Yeah. On stage or in the in the studio? Um, both. <laughs> <laughs> well, he only owns two, so <laughs> one is for stage and one's for the studio. Uh, I use a Fender P bass in the studio, and I play a Schecter Tele on stage. Really? Why? Why do you play a different one? Uh, different sounds. You get a better sound out of no, 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 no. Wait, yeah, let, no. let me clear this up. No. The Schecter looks cool. The P bass does not look cool. It's brown. <laughs> it has a maple neck. So on stage, you want to. He cool. wants the cool bass, which is black. Yeah. And in the studio, no, you pick actually, the one actually, the that's not action. true. I, I, I played the Fender on stage for ten years, and uh, it's a really great guitar. And I started beating it up, and it, it was uh, on the verge of destruction. And I, I really like the guitar, and I like it in the studio, so I'm saving it. So I carry it with me, but I just I play it in the studio, but I don't I don't bring it out on stage because I tend to break things on stage. Ah. Okay. <laughs> that's that's true. That's accurate. Um, one more question is, uh, I this one rumor I'd heard about, I guess, uh, what is it, uh, Interscope buying Epitaph. I wasn't sure about that or not. Just a rumor. Okay, because... It's, yeah, nothing right now is, is substantiated with that. I know it's... Uh, Just a, a rumor. Yeah, there's a lot of things being said, but not true. It's all boo. How does it work when uh, a bigger company buys a smaller record company? My corporate takeover. Are they buying... Wall Street Journal talks about it a lot. Are they buying the acts that you have signed? They buy everything. They buy, oh, yeah. they buy the catalog. They buy the acts that have contracts. On, they buy the on phone jacks. They, they actually the, physically really. and uh, on paper take over everything. But a lot of a lot of bands, if you get one, you can sign a... Uh, it, it's essentially a key man in the contract which says if the label gets taken over, they have the choice to stay or leave. Mm. Hey, uh -huh. what's going on? Hey. 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 Hi. I was going to question for bad, bad religion. Word. All right. Um, this past summer at the Warp Store down in down there in Irvine, mm -hmm. I'm talking with, with Bobby a whole lot, and he was saying that, like, that, like the band only has, like, a <laughs> few more years left in them because Greg's voice is going out. <laughs> Well, it's not true. Let's ask Doctor Drew. No, I, I don't know. What does singing have to do with uh, age, or or with rock music? How old is Ozzy? <laughs> Listen, first of all, Bobby would 
you know, maybe you were talking to an imposter because Bobby rarely talks like that. I mean, could you imagine Bobby saying? Greg? It doesn't sound like Bobby would ever have a a, a terminal date to say. <laughs> yeah, Bobby. Greg Graffin has three point seven years left yeah. in his career. <laughs> Bobby, the, the the big man in black. Yeah. That's him. Look at Louis no, Armstrong. I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we don't really look at the band as having a, um, you know, a. A longevity because it's it's a process it's like life itself you don't think about uh, if you're productive you don't think about how many years can you uh, produce you just know that you're motivated to do it and it's a part of your life and you continue it it's weird though in music especially and it's this way in any almost any kind of performing but even more so with bands people love to sort of guess the life of it and they they love to see him come and they love to see him go and it's not that way in regular you know as a doctor no one asks you when you're going to hang it up or no. as a an accountant or as a bank well, president or whatever it is in, uh, sports they certainly do and there's a lot of parallels between a sports personality and bands because people think that youth and vitality are the key elements in um, making you a viable operation right. so a sports team as a as a sports hero gets older, they're always questioning: Is he as fast? Is he as uh, is his vision as acute? But there there are always examples in in music, whereas there's not in sports. I mean, there's no guy in the NFL that's in his uh, mid forties or early fifties. You know, Warren Moon is like forty two, or George pulling the the oldest player in the NFL, but he he of course isn't with us anymore. Yeah, George Blanda played. Like I don't know, it was like forty-seven or something yeah, like that. Almost fifty. He was kicking. Kick well, he also goals. played quarterback once in a while. Yes, yeah. he did. Wayne, okay. Wayne Gretzky is uh, Wayne thirty-nine Gretzky. or maybe forty this year. And but yeah. but what I'm saying is is uh, there's uh, you know Joe Cocker. There's no sort of guy who's uh, I don't know what the hell Joe Co Joe Cocker's looked sixty-five since uh, yeah. nineteen fifty-seven. Bonnie Raitt's been but around forever, and these people. It seems to be that the guys, if they really want to hang out and they don't blow themselves out with heroin or what have you, can stick around for another 20 years longer than let's say an athlete would right and, and it's uh, usually the bands and the artists who are internally motivated to make music and it, not not so hung up on their career and their you know short-term success and it's funny it's the ones that have been around for 20 years that uh they speculate the most about which is sort of ridiculous because hey <laughs> no, you guys have been around yeah, for right 20 now. years right. where are you going <laughs> all right the Stones will always be older than you guys. That's all you need to remember. <laughs> Pete, no matter what happens, when you're 120, they're going to be 150. Yeah. That's it. Pete, you're 22. How you doing? Good. What's going on? I have a question for Dr. Drew. Yeah. Um, me and my girlfriend uh, recently had anal sex, mm -hmm. and I ejaculated into her. And I was just wondering if that could cause any kind of infection. All right. we we got to go to break. We do? Yeah. We do. Look at that. You can't. You can't answer that when we get back. Isn't okay. the answer no? True. What's up with you tonight? <laughs> the answer should be the answer no. Is no. <laughs> You're always encouraging me to do good radio, Adam. Oh, that's yeah. That's I good. started, but now I want you to go the other way. <laughs> North and south. Which there it is. Satan's radio. All right, we'll take a break, and then we'll find out uh, what happens when one um, relieves oneself and one loved ones wreck them. Hey, it is Love Line. I'm Adam Carroll. That is uh, Dr. Drew, Bad Religion, just hanging out with us tonight. And when we left off, we were talking about anal sex, right? Sure we were. Pete? Yeah. You had anal sex with your girlfriend. Yeah. And uh, you, you um, 
busted right. or not. Inside of her, right? Well, that's natural. Yeah. And you want to know if that can cause any problems? Oh, uh, yeah. What do you think? Besides, you know, STDs, but, you know, besides this kind of infection. What about pregnancy? Do you think you could get her pregnant that way? <laughs> I highly doubt it. Hey, very good. You know, a lot of people are confused on it. Thank you. Uh, besides STDs? Right. Just let, let's just state for the record that... Uh, will, the, this, will the semen hurt the anus? Not the rectum is no, unless uh, unless <laughs> the rectum. it's, unless Sorry, it's infected with hepatitis B or maybe hepatitis C or HIV, in which case that's one of the most effective ways to transmit those diseases. Right, but outside of outside any sexually of transmitted, transmitted diseases, diseases, there's no specific infectious problem you have to worry. about. Well, let me tell you how I know that with confidence, uh, because crap comes out of the same hole, and it doesn't seem to have any bad effect on okay, the rectum. It wouldn't have an effect on me either. Oh, that may. Oh, yes. You can get urethral infections and urinary tract infections, things like that. Mm. Absolutely. Okay. All right? N not to discourage you. <laughs> no, Pete. We don't want to get in the way of the career, but uh, we're just saying that uh, maybe you should put a condom on next time. Right. Okay. All right? All right. she all right? Did you have to talk her into this? Uh, no. Actually, she mentioned it. Oh, really? Yeah. She said, uh, you're never going to get your penis in my ass? Is that how she brought it up? <laughs> Uh, we've been together for about five years, and we have never tried it. And All right. Don't know. All right. So, thank you. That's a, that's a, you know that, what I'd love? A theme change. I would love, I would love to have just footage of guys trying to talk their girlfriends into <laughs> anal sex. Because that, that and the threesome, the two, two. Yeah, anal sex sandwich. even, even funnier. I, I don't know why, but just some sort of tape recorder put under the bed while the guy was sort of making his case. Oh, yeah, it's in the Bible. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, I don't know where, but I'll tell you, I think toward the back. I think I've maybe had sex. Please, Drew. Towards the rear? <laughs> toward the rear of the Bible. <laughs> All right. Miriam. Hello? Hey, you're 14. Hi, yes. Wow. And I had a question for Bad Religion. Okay. I'm going to see you guys in three days or two days at the Glass House. Cool. And I wanted to know if you guys can play a song for me, if it's possible. For you or for the audience? Huh? For the audience. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think you guys play it anymore. Or I don't know. The song Pity. Oh. Ooh. Whoa. You know, we actually, pl we played it we recently. We played it. Um, about three months ago in Europe, we Ooh, played. Man. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with young young listeners listeners that listen to that religion. We love young listeners. Okay. Nothing don't wrong you, with them. Don't you think that you're kind of uh, unique in that not everybody at your school likes bad religion and you Yeah, feel nobody at my school likes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, nice. <laughs> uh, that's cool. really nice. But, like I love you guys and thanks for the girl with the red shirt and. <laughs> we will. You know, Miriam. More people would like bad religion at your school if you put it on your peachy folder. Yeah, that's um, true. Yes, I do. I have Greg Raffin and everybody oh, right there. That's really nice. Um, Greg, don't worry about your voice. It's like the best voice, and anybody who tells you otherwise is just stupid. Thanks. I, I, Can you I make me the it. tall guy on the peachy folder playing basketball? Yeah. Um, yeah, why not? <laughs> I, I want to be that guy. I, I think we like, could play Pity, by the way. Well, well, we'll think about it. We've been rehearsing the last few days, and uh, we'll... we'll Try and work it in. Let's try it tomorrow. You know, we only have 180 songs to choose from. So mm, right. We could, and I know you only do a 122 set, so, yeah, so it's yes. going to cut it's at tough. least uh, 58 songs yeah. out of the mix. That's rough. <laughs> yeah. 
I know it's got to. It, 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 I mean, that's one thing from being around for twenty years is uh, everyone's going to show up and probably want to hear something. But the point is, is they're into the band, and that's who's on stage. And no matter what song they're playing, they're still bad religion. <laughs> you know, I just thought of something. Uh, 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 I guess it'd be um, exercise in sociology. I'd like to. I'd like to look at is the peachy folders. Everyone modifies their peachy folders. And when I was a kid, the guys who were running track. Um, the one guy I was running would have like a bandana on and he'd be carrying a knife and he was sort of chasing <laughs> the other guy. But doing I, a layup. I'm, a sure, layup I'm sure kids before me had him holding a stick or a club and now he's probably holding an Uzi yeah. and uh, maybe like a vibrator in the other hand or something. Yeah. And it, I, it, it'd be a good sort of um, a yardstick to measure society. This is what we found on the peachy folders in 1957. No. This was 1972. And this is 1998. It was it was a, a, a afro comb, those combs and stuff. Oh, yeah. And then and that would be a grenade launcher. Yeah. Right. Actually, there's no doodling anymore. There's just a hole and some semen stains, <laughs> and a little bit of goat's blood. <laughs> Samantha. Hello. You're you're 15. Hi. Um. By the way, I was homeschooled when I was little, and it was great. From when to when? Um. Until I was in like the third grade. And, and, and by the time you stepped in with your peers, you were able to keep up? Uh, yeah, they weren't able to keep up with me, but. Good, good. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, I think the problem is that she she got a little grandiose uh, because of it. So there was a little psychological price to pay. Yeah, having a computer makes things a lot easier too. Remember that? I mean, you've got programs you can sit them down with and work oh, through. Oh, listen, you got the Discovery Channel right, in your right. chat. Yeah. Why did you go in third grade? Because my parents opened a business and they needed to run that. They needed time. And so, do you think that going uh, to school helped you with your socialization better? No, I'm still not very social, but that doesn't run in my family. Did we're uh, all antisocial? When when they were homeschooling you, were they able to sort of discipline you? Like, okay, recess is at this time, lunch is at that time. You have to shower. We, the problem with homeschool is like we'd be right in the middle of something, the phone would ring, and I'd just walk <laughs> over and go get it. Hey, Larry, what's going on? <laughs> this homework sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you had like a bike that you wanted to ride or a model that you wanted to build, you couldn't stay away from it, could yeah. you? I mean, how would you how would you do that? Well, I mean, my mom has a teaching degree, so I guess she knew what she was doing. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, there's no question that parents uh, are good at it um, if they really have a, you know, they really care about their kids and they they want to, um, I mean, I'm not sure why you were kept out of school, but a lot of them just don't like the um, the regiment that's going on at the schools. and um, Right, but there's no home, there's no home life is the problem. I mean, if you went to a home job with a home life, and if everything was home after that, it'd be fine. But eventually, you got to get released out yeah. into the wild, don't oh, yeah. you? Yeah, and I think it's good that you got to school in third grade. Yeah, oh, man, we, we, we're doing the anti-home. Screw <laughs> teaches a mountain in the yard. <laughs> no, we just we just keep involved in all kinds of crap. Yeah, out of the home. Home's a place. Everything. To go to bed. Ice skating, camp, man, out of the home. Right, and they come home. They're happy to be home. Hit the hit yeah. the hay. We always did stuff. We took dance lessons and piano okay. and stuff like that. What's up, Samantha? Do you have questions tonight? Yeah. Um, well, I've been fantasizing about some a girl that I go to school with, and I met her in August, and I don't know if this is like normal or anything. Explicit fantasies. What is that? What do you mean? I mean, like sexual fantasy or just your mom did a horrible job. Just by the fantasies way, fantasies of uh, of being close to her. <laughs> 
uh, just being closer. I can't like see myself like being sexual with. Yeah, at, at your age, it's very difficult to sort out sexual feelings from close intimate feelings, and even to have same-sex attractions that are explicitly uh, sexual doesn't necessarily predict uh, a homosexual orientation as a permanent orientation. Well, why, why are you trying to talk her out of it? I I'm mean, not talking maybe her this is she's where she's going. Maybe. But but maybe not, and she's a little freaked out about it. And so I'm just saying, just relax. I'm freaked out about it. I uh, just relax. These are you know, just see what they are. You'll you'll see as time goes on. I, I, my sense is, and it's only my instinct with her, is that th these are feelings of intimacy, and mm -hmm. that she just she really wants to be close to this person. It'd be nice to have friends. Yeah, yeah. See, this is more about that. Yeah. See, that's that homeschooling thing. No, it's not. Yeah. No, but my sister was in homeschool until she was in the sixth grade, and boy, she screwed up. She's got to be a case. <laughs> you, know, you said your family's not a I mean, you guys could go off on her. Well, plus, really the most important thing about the uh, grades like K through 6 is tetherball. <laughs> and there's just no way you're squeezing that into a living room. You're going to break something for sure. That's a recipe for disaster, tetherball inside the house. Hmm? We had a tetherball at home. Oh, you did? Yes, we did. All right. How bizarre. <laughs> so it is again, Psychic Network. Yeah. Oh, exactly. yeah. Mm. All right, uh, Samantha, have you ever had an experience with a woman? Mm, no. No. Mm -mm. You're just sort of uh, interested. Mm -hmm. okay. She wants closeness. Yeah. Okay. She should get that. She wants a close girlfriend that she yes. can confide in. Uh, yeah. uh, a good example of what we were talking about, though, with the homeschooling, which is you keep your kids uh, out. I mean, part of being a kid, unfortunately, is... You want to shelter your kids, but understand that uh, getting, uh, seeing who's king of the sandbox and getting your, uh, getting a wedgie and that whole that whole thing is a real, I think, important part of growing up. And if yeah. you shelter them for that from that during the real formative years, I mean, it's just you and mom. Uh, dad and mom from you know zero to eleven or twelve years old. Yeah, that's unreal. That's that's a little unrealistic. Yeah. And then I think it would be really equivalent to raising a, a chimp or a leopard or something in captivity and then sending it out to the jungle. It's yeah, like it right. hangs around the cage and wants to eat. And they don't have a lot of social <laughs> skills, so they end up being loners. Right, they have fantasies, and uh, they want to have friends. Next thing you know, they're forming a punk band, and uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you really should experience boiled meat at a young age. And eating, eating home <laughs> food is just not going to do it. Hot, yeah, hot lunch does teach you a thing or two. I, I could that. never figure out how a school could screw up a burger when you could go to McDonald's for thirty-nine cents and get one that tasted uh, ten times as good. How you could f the burger concept up, but. Uh, <laughs> They uh, they gave it a try and Lord knows they succeeded. All right, bad religion is still here. Drew, you going bathroom? Yeah, okay. Must be nice. He's, he's leaving. You believe See we you get later. paid the same? Yeah, I can't <laughs> believe, believe that? that. No, I can't believe that. Thank you. We'll be back. <laughs> Just enjoy this. I just want to enjoy the riff here. Does it go? It doesn't go into vocals, does it? <laughs> Who needs it? You guys can use it if you want. I think we are, yeah. Sing it, Greg. Go. All right. <clears throat> well, here I go. Hope it don't uh, fade out. <laughs> I've only got a few years left. My voice is going. Bad religion, everybody. We're uh, way out of time. No substance is the name of the CD. Please go out and uh, buy that again if you haven't already. If you have bought it, and if you haven't already, go get another one. Guys, thanks a ton, and uh, really come back anytime you like. We appreciate it. We always love being here. Thank yep. you. I'll see you on Friday. That's true. Until oh, next time. Cool.
Cool. No, no. He's talking about the show. Ah. You're not doing. Uh, you're not doing a TV show, are you? Oh, so no, yeah, we're doing it. We haven't been asked. <laughs> All right, we're, yeah. we're, no, we're doing it, but we don't. <laughs> we we have no sorry about that. We're at the Santa Monica Civic Friday. That's right. That's what I was saying. Thanks for the confusion, Drew. So until next time, this is Adam Crawler for Doctor Drew saying mahalo. <laughs>